0: of fire and rushing wind and suddenly the world changed we've heard the story before it was the feast of Pentecost one of the three major Jewish feasts along with the feast of Passover and tabernacles and the disciples had gathered and then something remarkable happened all the elements of nature air fire, water, and earth took part and did so dramatically. There was air rushing in, and then tongues of flame appeared above each of them, and the waters of baptism were present in the new life suddenly manifest. Lastly, the people themselves, made of clay and the dust of the earth, were infused with the Spirit of God. And the word of God was there in the gospel word, but there was a new and different ability to understand. It was suddenly clear that there was a mother tongue given by the spirit, and that language was one of love. There was communication and response, and the audience was universal. Everyone understood each other. And the old divisions healed, and a new people With a common mission was forged from the different nations that day. Jesus had promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to guide and comfort them, but they had not expected anything as dynamic and as profound. Yet here it was, and the presence was undeniable. The ragtag group of disciples found new purpose, and the church was born the aspect of God that lives and moves inside, among, and between us had come fully into the Christian community. Sometimes we can still glimpse that sense of purpose, and this may be a time that demands such purpose from us once more. The psalm appointed for this Sunday sings of the beauties of creation and of the earth as God's own. In the Book of Common Prayer, we describe the planet, this planet, as this fragile earth, our island home. It is fragile because it's endangered by human actions. And yet, from time immemorial, we acknowledge that the earth is God's. All of creation is made by God and depends on God. Yesterday, I spoke at the Episcopal Church Women's Gathering to look at different spiritual paths. I had been asked to speak of the path of creation, and initially I thought I was asked to speak about the arts, about poetry and the visual arts and the creative life in general because I'm co-chair for the Diocesan Commission on the Arts. But it turned out that the path given to me was that of loving and celebrating the created world, this world all around us. Clearly, loving creation is loving the creator, and we see this most clearly in saints like Francis of Assisi. And we also see it in those artists who have celebrated the natural world in poetry, such as John Clare and Mary Oliver, and painters like Beatrix Potter and Albert Bierstadt. Last week, President Trump took our country out of the Paris Agreement on climate change. The disappointment and concern that followed was worldwide and crossed partisan lines. On the NASA website, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change states, taken as a whole, the range of published evidence indicates that the net damage costs of climate change are likely to be significant and to increase over time. Care of this planet is important for all life, and we've already seen the effects of climate change. It should not be a political issue. As you recall from Genesis, it was the Spirit of God that hovered over the waters as the earth was formed. The Holy Spirit infuses all of life and makes it sacred. Mother Earth, is the work of the Spirit, and those who care for her are doing the work of the Spirit. In the passage from 1 Corinthians, Paul outlines the gifts of the Spirit, all of which are manifested for the common good. The work of the Spirit is evident in the fruits which unite people of God, as we have known in Christ. And so we're able to discern the gifts by whether or not they serve life. If they are on the side of life, they serve the Holy Spirit. If not, they grieve the Holy Spirit. To hurt or harm God's creation and God's creatures grieves the Holy Spirit. While there are many gifts, there is just one Spirit, and all of us are made to drink of that Spirit. As Christians, we're entrusted with celebrating and enabling the Spirit to flourish. To quench the Spirit to stop its flow, is to grieve the spirit. Here at St. Luke's, in my over a year here as your interim, I've observed that one growing edge of the spirit among us is the work of the pantry. And all the work is done by volunteers, some from St. Luke's, others from other churches and faiths, and still others from the local community. Each week, many of the least among us are fed, clothed, given the necessities of life, including respect and encouragement. They're visited when sick. They're kept warm. And all of this is done in Christ's name and under the auspices of St. Luke's. It is the fruit of prayer and the work of many hands, but essentially it is the work of the Holy Spirit in action. Our Gospel from John tells of Jesus giving the Holy Spirit to the disciples and to us. Through him we receive the Comforter, the Advocate, the Paraclete, which means the one who fights at our back. And Jesus goes on and explains that the Holy Spirit enables us to forgive, and it enables us not to forgive, and to hold people accountable for their actions. The Spirit generously bestows gifts like a loving mother to her children, but Jesus makes it clear that while he is granting us this most loving spirit, he is also creating a new apostolic authority to the church. The church through him can now not only give comfort, instruction, and healing, it can also give power and discernment as needed for the future of the community. In the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus addresses the issue of sin and the Holy Spirit. He says, Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. While this saying has troubled many and confused many others, It's clear that Jesus is speaking of those who would seek to harm the life-giving impetus that works for the betterment of all. We've seen the joy and the ebullience that the Spirit brings. We've heard how it empowers and spreads hope and love, breaking down barriers between, between nations and languages, and improving lives. As Christians, we invoke that Spirit and seek to live out the guidance it gives. And when a person or group is working against that spirit, when they work to hurt or harm the earth and God's creatures, they have moved beyond forgiveness until amends are made. But our task is not simply to call out and condemn those who work against the spirit. Rather, it is to find and encourage the people in groups where the spirit is growing and to add our strength and energy to those on the side of life, such as those who work for the pantry. We live in a world full of wonders and are blessed by life and by this faith community. And so on this birthday of the church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, let us celebrate the spirit among us, but let us be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. It is our task as Christians to speak and work for the spirit and urge on her life among God's people. May God give us grace to act on her behalf, and amplify her voice. Let us pray. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.